We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the Fantasy Football Report. I'm Blair Andrews, joined as always by Hassan Rahim. Hassan, how's it going? You know, uh, it's been a mixed Sunday, but I'm really excited about our guest. I mean, man needs no introduction, but you want to give him give him one? Definitely. You know him from Legendary Upside, from Chip Chasing, from the top of the Best Ball Mania 3 leaderboard. It's our good friend, Pat Corain. Pat, how's it going? It's going good. How are you guys doing? We are doing... Okay, <laughs> our our uh, our five man Penton team looks like it's gonna maybe win. Yeah, we've got so we, this is a main event team that the five of us draft th- the three of us plus Pete Overzet and Ben Gretsch, and we're doing okay in it, right? It's kind of like what it's which which is it? We we are good in record and bad in points, or vice versa? Which which yeah. is yeah, good good, good in record, record, bad in points. Okay. And it looks like we're going to win, so we need to keep winning. Yeah, we need nine, yeah. like nine and a half points from Rasheed Rice and Jake Elliott. So, and he's done. So we need ten point. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So we're. Yeah. I feel good about that. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it, the, the, the good in record, bad in points is a bit of a miracle when you consider that, like, we have Garrett Wilson and Brees Hall as early two picks, right? Like, like uh, such, like, like you're you're not you're not going to get points out of that, you know? Well, are you um? Are you allowing yourself to hope? Are you allowing yourself to hope that Rodgers comes back? Week 16. He might do it. I think he's game to do it. Dude, we've been saying it. We've been saying it like all season long, but like just to reiterate, if there's one man who will defy science to its face and to its core, it's like Aaron Rodgers. I watched a video of this sports doctor whose name I've forgotten, who was talking about it and said basically, like, there's no way. He's going to be fully healed by that time, but I think he probably will come back anyway. And like, it's a probably a yeah, I mean, I bad idea, but it's probably a bad idea, you know, relative to like, if you're just thinking about like his health and stuff or, and what he would be like versus normal. But like, I, I don't know if the risk of re-injury, I guess he can't really protect himself as well. Cause he can't like move around. So he probably shouldn't do it, but purely for like, uh, 
like Rod Rogers could wear a boot and I would take him over Zach Wilson. <laughs> right. I'm not, that's not a joke. <laughs> like I, he could, he could play quarterback in an actual protective boot and I would gladly have him over Zach Wilson. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You've been touching a lot on, on, on Zach Wilson and like his EPA per play and just sort of how efficient he's been in terms of where he ranks in terms of your newsletter every week. Right. Um, and yeah. And, and, it's been bad, man. Like there's only been like a handful of like players who are at that level, right? Like who sort of are in that same same cluster as him. I, I wanted to get your there's take. Essentially, like, no one who is. Yeah. Oh my god! Like not even Bryce Young. No, he's like worse than Bryce Young. Bryce Young Ooh. looks. Bryce Young's like dangerously close to Zach Wilson, but he's not. He's not. He's not the same. Zach Wilson is his own tier. The only people that are really with Zach Wilson are like generally quarterbacks who have really low samples. So yeah. they're either like just been crazy and efficient on a low sample and that'll just sort of naturally come back to the pack or they just have no business being out on an NFL football field. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> that's why they're near Zach Wilson. Right. It seems like maybe the Jets had seen enough Zach Wilson. They put in Tim Boyle at the end of the game, but maybe that was just because the game was out of reach anyway. So they got to protect. Yeah, maybe they were protecting him. I can't lose another quarterback. Can't lose I don't, I don't, starter. I really don't get it. I actually really don't get it. Cause I think Salah's obviously, I mean, the defense is awesome. He seems like just, I don't this means nothing, but he just like, seems like he'd be like a, a pretty good coach. Like he seems like he's like a normal dude, like that would communicate effectively and everything. Um, I've monitored the, the, the way he talked about the Brees Hall situation really closely Mm-hmm. And felt like he was both being rational, as in, I know what Brees is, but I also know he's coming back from injury, and we're going to basically put a plan in place to help him get back to full health, and then we're going to execute that plan. And that's, like, exactly what they did, which included signing Delvin Cook, which people freaked out about. But I, I was, like, trusted Salah to kind of take us where we are now. But I genuinely don't understand the Zach Wilson thing. Like, it is so beyond time to move on. It, to your point, Hassan, like, I do talk about him every week, because I talk about, like, every quarterback. Basically, I try to give an overview of, you know, the, the quarterback play, because it's so important to figure out how these matchups are going to go in my weekly article. And the thing that's crazy about Zach Wilson is, like, there's never any variance to it. It's just week in, week out. His success rate is horrendous. His EPA per play is horrendous. He's usually pretty inaccurate. That bounces around a little bit. It's kind of more noisy week to week. But even there, he's never, like, spot on. So it's it's just so consistent. And even with bad quarterbacks, you'll see, like, spikes, you know? It's just nothing. There's like nothing with Zach Wilson. Anyway, sorry to be so depressing to start things off, but I'm just I'm sick of it, man. I'm so sick of it. No, it's 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 actually a really good point that you're making, right? Because like when you look at this Jets team, right? This is a very very good team. Yeah, that thought they had a quarterback. They get three snaps out of him, and not and like you know, I mean, to the to the commenter's point, like you know, can you put a horse tranquilizer in Achilles? Yeah, I don't know, man. Like, it's just it's just so such a shame because could you imagine Garrett Wilson with Aaron Rodgers? Like you would have him like where like like do you where would he be? Right? Like like, uh, like it would oh. come yeah, it would come down to like somewhat pass volume, because then I think you are talking about like um, you know, a defensive team, and so maybe we have pass volume a little lower than we'd like. But I mean, I think Garrett Wilson real life is like a top five-ish type of receiver i mean he seems like a legit star 
So, I mean, I don't know. I think we could we could be we could be getting like some CD Lamb type weeks out of him. Yeah, and and that's the thing is like this season, all we've gotten out of him is a really frustrating ceiling of what, like seventeen points, eighteen points. When like you should be looking at like thirty eight points, thirty nine points. That's why we were taking him where we were taking him. Yeah, you know it's it's been brutal, man. Like, and Brees Hall, like Brees Hall had that really nice reception today on a screen mm-hmm. pass where he gets, you know, he he like sat down right where exactly where you would want him to sit down, and then he like almost before turning around, he was like already like up to speed, like he's like shifting his body around and getting all the way up to speed in a way that's just so rare to see, and that. He has to do something like that to like have an okay day. Like if <laughs> yeah. you put him in your starting lineup, like, and he doesn't do something crazy, you're getting like nine points, you know? And that's, that's with him like dominating touches and just has total control of the backfield yeah. now. Like it's, it's nuts. Like the, he is, he's just crushes the value of this team. I don't understand. Like Salah, you moved on from this guy. You publicly gave up on this guy. There's nothing tying you to him. Just move on. Move on to literally anyone. Sign like eight backups off the street like, and, and have open tryouts. Like there's no reason not to get something better at quarterback in place. It's just like I think Salah might – I don't think they'll end up moving on, but it, it's like it's crazy enough to where I'm like if they like fired Salah, I would understand at this point. Like why has he, why have you tied yourself to this dude? Yeah, I wonder if I wonder if there's some behind the scenes like meddling with ownership on that side. You know what I mean? Maybe. Yeah, that's Cause probably because like, that's probably I, the opposite I, where he's worried he would get fired if he gave up because it's such a yeah. If he gave up on on, on yeah. Wilson after they spent a high pick, yeah, no, right? Because no, I think I think the owner, I think the owner is just more like, hey, like, and then that's probably something. It's probably a question worth asking Crackrock, right? Like, hey, like, like, what is the actual true story? You should behind ask Crackrock, yeah. Because he yeah. would probably know just just because just because um, like it's probably like hey we understand like from an like I think from a rational ownership perspective you'd be like we understand it's a lost year we just want you to keep playing Zach Wilson we saw some improvement we we think that he could improve as the season goes on just keep doing it you know whatever we get we get out of him right and like the 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 issue is is for us as like fantasy players is it sucks because we're not going to be able to cash in on these guys this year for being right on what our takes were. And then next year, like we're not going to get the same price on them, right? Like, like, like. Yeah, you're like, right. It's it's nothing, nothing. So the Brees thing, right? Like, I I felt very confident that I, I thought it was a it was a just a, it's a rare setup, right? Because the reason I was so confident in Brees Hall is because if you look at all any of the like Twitter positions, they were all like pretty optimistic about his recovery, clean ACL tear. There was like minor, minor meniscus damage that didn't seem to require any kind of second surgery or anything. So they were like, this this dude should be like 100% by around week seven-ish or even earlier. And the market was like, torn ACL, not messing with that. You don't yep. mess with torn ACL. It had like this wisdom to it that was like not based. So I was like, I get to bet against overconfidence, basically. And yeah. it seems like I'm overconfident and overconfident is return by betting on him. But I'm actually siding with the medical experts here. And taking the and I'm taking a discount. I'm taking a guy in like by the end in like the fifth round. Like we right. we have yeah, a ton like, of breeze in the fifth round of high stakes drafts. So yeah. um that setup is not coming around again. <laughs> There's no, no, no fifth round breeze anymore. So that it is quite frustrating the the run out we got on it. Like, I mean, like, like it's mm-hmm. sorry, Blair, you were saying? 
No, I mean, we do have, you know, people in the comments saying they're not going to be paying a high price uh, for guys like Wilson and Brees Hall, in part because I think there's a legitimate concern about Rogers' skill level when he returns. Yeah, and, but that's, I mean, yeah. that that's a personal decision based on your, what you know, people in comments portfolio, but like, that doesn't sway me at all that those yeah. guys won't be very, very expensive in drafts. Yeah. I mean, the other thing too is like when you look at ADP and stuff, it only takes one person to to draft a player. Basically, the whole room has to kind of be worried about a guy for him to fall. So I think Garrett Wilson will be like with any kind of quarterback play, he should be a late first round pick, you know? Yeah. And Brees Hall will probably be, I mean, honest, honestly, Brees Hall will probably be like a top five pick if they have any kind of quarterback situation. Yeah. I can definitely I, see that for Hall. I'm just looking at at Wilson's, you know, his profile in the NFL Stat Explorer on Rotoviz. He's like, oh yeah, I yeah, you're right. right. He, he's more of a sec. He's more of a mid second that he hasn't had a wide receiver one game yet this season. I mean, he's been kind of like the opposite of what you expect. He's been consistent, like always around 15 points. Sometimes getting 17, 18. Until today, really, we saw the floor, but. Um, yeah, I think Hassan mentioned he just has no ceiling with with Zach Wilson, and um, yeah, I think like in, in reality I think he, he does. does have he's that just ceiling. hitting. He's hitting like, his ceiling every <laughs> week. It's a guy. <laughs> we're watching the guy week. like put on like a, like a show, and that show is only worth like thirteen to fifteen points. <laughs> yeah, right. It's 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 so frustrating because I'm trying to pull up the. <laughs> I'm trying to. I'm trying to. Oh man, our our tools aren't working for me because I was trying to pull up the preseason ADP and it's just, and it sort of goes back to like, uh, like, like betting, right? Like we're getting next year. We're going to see exactly how right we were because the market, like to your point, Pat is going to nicely over, like it's going to draft these guys where they should have been going this year. And we're there early <clears throat> and we're not getting anything out of it. I mean, especially with Brees. I mean, like this is a guy, I mean, like your website. We still are with Brees though. Like Brees was actually so cheap. That yeah, we are still like you'd still like to have yeah. drafted Brees in the fourth round, like because that's how cheap he was. He was so cheap that he can he can actually pay off Zach Wilson. But yeah. can yeah. you imagine if he had Aaron Rodgers? I'm so I'm so uh, I'm so sad. It's, Come on, because 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 you would have someone who would be contending for the like this isn't a hot take like would be contending for the one on one next year with CMC. Like he could have had that like a stretch it's run where you could all. you know. He's, I mean, if you look at like weekly rankings and stuff, he's, yeah. he's like a it's top disgusting. five running back with Zach Wilson, like, you know, this year. <laughs> like, so I don't know. Yeah. He would be, I think, I, Jameer Gibbs, uh, Cobra Kai's back put in the chat. I thought that was an interesting mm-hmm, one yeah. to think through because depending on how the Montgomery stuff shakes out, um, you know, like Montgomery, I think will be there. Right. But then, I mean, it, 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 that's probably not enough to, to get worried about gibbs in a second year breakout situation i mean i think gibbs will probably be like a top five pick too we might have a return to to some running backs that we're really excited about in the first round it'll be fun that's right yeah next um, year will be fun with (laughs) gibbs with gibbs though he could have had they gave they gave a short td to montgomery but they could have just as easily kept gibbs in there today i don't know if you guys were watching that game it was against the bears too i wonder yeah so like yeah i think that's what that was at the very end they probably weren't thinking about it but yeah, <laughs> but uh, yeah, but like they were like right on like the one yard line or whatever, and they just like they typically hand it over to Montgomery there. But like Gibbs looked like the more explosive back until they started like just 
force feeding Montgomery and they just sort of sideline Gibbs, which is again frustrating because we've seen Gibbs do it without you know without Montgomery in the lineup. Um, yeah, although I think like one of the reasons that we like drafting guys like Gibbs, yeah. like especially like next year, right? Why I will be taking him really high is that it's not that he's definitely going to sideline Montgomery, but if that backfield ends up just like completely going to one of them, we know who it's going to be. Like that's, oh, yeah. that's why drafting Brees Hall this year, I was so in on because like Brees Hall and the, and the funny thing was this like somehow was like contrarian at one point late in the summer, but like Brees Hall can take Dalvin cook and shove him to the side. But yeah. Dalvin cook at like 28 years old, having been cut by the team that drafted him and wrote him <laughs> the, his entire career. Will not take a, a talented second year back and sh- and shove him to the side. That like no. basically never happens. He certainly can be a thorn in his side, and Montgomery could be a thorn in Gibbs's side next year. But um, I mean, yeah, but Gibbs will, Gibbs has a huge upside profile. So I, I'm not I'm not here to to fud Jameer Gibbs if you if you prefer if you're already preferring him to Brees Hall in 2024 in your minds. Uh, we might as well round it out with the the guy who didn't play this week, but he was who was going uh, you know in the first round, Bijan. Um, he's not on the show sheet. I'm just making like, you know, like I want to get your take on where do you think he's drafted next year? Do you think he's going to stick around in that late first range or do you think he dips? Um, do you think that there's enough chance of us getting like a, like a, like a late second on, on Bijan? I think almost no chance. Yeah. I, I would say uh, close to 0% on that because like, I think with one of these things, a way to predict it is if you're taking down the, the board in your mind, and where do you start to freak out and get super excited that he's there? Because yeah. he's not falling past that. No, <laughs> you know, he's, you're going to take him two spots ahead of that. So that's probably a good idea, right? And the late second is like well past where I would have started to get excited that yeah. he's sitting there. Yeah. I think Arthur Smith is not guaranteed to be back by any means. They don't have a quarterback. They probably will. We'll talk ourselves into someone, right? Like they are, they're going to – they're going to bring in someone that we're going to be more excited about than we were with Ritter, I would imagine. Plus, you have Robinson going into a second year. Tyler Algier has been terrible this year. Uh, Cordell Patterson has, you know, he's already really old and hasn't been anything. So, you're, the narrative around Bijan is going to be he is an ascending superstar. He is going to take over this backfield. The competition is a joke. We have better quarterback play, and Arthur Smith is gone. And so, honestly, I think he'll probably be. I'm saying everyone's a top five pick now, but but he strikes me <laughs> as a top five pick too. No, I mean because like because like but like that's these are the guys who we're touching on, right? Like these guys all have that like like ridiculous like 300 plus PPR point like range of outcomes yeah. Yeah. pretty solidly in like a, what as a top 65th percentile outcome for them, right? Like yeah, I don't know. well yeah, 65th I mean, might looking, be a little bit too aggressive on my 65th side. 65th was a little low, <laughs> but yeah, 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 yeah. yeah a little aggressive. <laughs> But, yeah. but but I'm just saying that like if it all breaks right for any of these guys like that's why that's why they're gonna go where they're going right. They have the, they have the legendary upside as yeah yeah someone they do they do all Wait. these guys have legendary upside like all all three of them plus McCaffrey I mean is there anyone I'm missing like those strike me as the top backs from in next year's ADP yeah uh, actually I mean, yeah I mm-hmm. I don't know if you would see guys like I mean. Taylor hasn't done enough this year to get back. Taylor hasn't done enough. You're going to have to deal with the Anthony Richardson stuff. A lot of yeah. his values come in the receiving game, so you're going to be nervous about that. Right. So he he feels more like um, an early second round pick type of type of guy. 
Maybe if A-Chan didn't get hurt again and we're a lot bigger. Yeah, I, he's, yeah he seems like a 2-3 turn type of dude. Maybe late second. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Yeah, um, I wanted to get your take on on, on Tony Pollard, who had uh, 12 rushes, 61 yards, and a score. Uh, he also had four catches for 19 yards. This was his first touchdown since uh, week one. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's good stuff, but like he was like a what was like a going in the early second, right? So I mean, by the end, yeah, yeah. So he was like in the first er, sometimes, yeah, late. Yeah. Um. So I was, I you know, he's got another plus matchup like when the when the Cowboys, I think, on Thanksgiving. But I wanted to really get your take on a guy like Pollard. Like, where do you think he goes? Like, like, do you think that we could, you know, do do you think he's viable as a hero RB at all? Like, I want to get your take. Talking next year, ADP. Yeah, like next year, and probably what his run out for the rest of the year would be like. You're not recruiting any losses at this point. No, I mean, I think he's he's probably going to be in a somewhat similar role to for the rest of the year. But I wouldn't. I mean, going increasingly nervous about that because, like, so today I just pulled up on NFL Next Gen. Um, they have these stats that. Oh, this is actually for 2022. So for 2023, he's been quite bad in their success rate metric and in rush yards over expected. Today, he was pretty good. He was at 66% success rate, which is like off the charts for like a season long number, but you know, weekly stuff, stuff bounces around. Uh, he had 18 yards over expected today. That's good. Like that's, he, he was good today. So that I think is, really important for his ability to maintain this like kind of clear lead over the backfield. And so it's probably gave him like a little bit more breathing room from Rico Dowdle. I think he'll probably just kind of keep status quo. I mean, CD lamb had that quote today or um, earlier this week about getting Pollard going. And it did make me think like, right, this is a team that's like talk, thinking about how do we win the Super Bowl? 
So they're like, we've got that Dax going, CD's going, they got Cooks going, you know, they got the tight end going. How do we get the defense is crushing? How do we get our running game where we want our running game to be? Mm-hmm. And Tony Pollard, they got him going a little bit. He didn't have like a massive game, but they're going to look back at the tape today and be like, okay, this works. So I think they'll, I think Pollard's probably going to be in this type of situation, but just over the course of the season, he has not been good. He doesn't really look like he used to, and he hasn't been explosive. Like in all of the numbers, he looks real, real bad. So I don't know. I kind of think, I don't really like have a ton of optimism for him to uh, recapture that kind of magical form that he had early in his career. One of the things that was a red flag for him entering the season was age. You know, you don't think of Tony Pollard as old, but he's 26 years old. So that's already when I looked at the the you know the idea of the legendary upside and and we're looking for these that that comes from an article I wrote a few years ago uh, saying that we if we're drafting running backs early, we really ought to be looking at the guys who can kind of break fantasy and put up these massive seasons like Christian McCaffrey is doing this year. We're getting like 23 plus PPR points per game. And a lot of those seasons are coming from backs 25 years and younger. So Mm -hmm. as soon as you hit 26 years old, it's it's already less likely that you're going to be able to kind of like have that absolutely electric skill set that can put you um, into, you know, just crushing it. And, you know, it, it helps like McCaffrey's obviously older, but he has just an insane uh, workload plus receiving ability that I think is really special. And Pollard was always a bit more of a an explosion back with the ability to add on with the receiving. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't I don't think he is what I think maybe he's lost a step, unfortunately, at this point, although today was slightly was a slightly encouraging sign. So I, I hope I'm wrong. Bothered, uh, bothered giving big uh, Lamar Miller vibes for for those of you who remember and celebrate <laughs> Lamar Miller. <laughs> it's also a little Kenyon Drake ish. Remember when Kenyon Drake, Drake finally yeah. got a full workload and it was it went real bad. Yeah, uh, Ben Tate has always been the the ben other Tate. guy that yeah um, he finally he finally got free from Arian Foster and it was it was too late. Right. Yeah, it's just it's, it's a shame. I mean, he really. I mean, so I, actually, this is going to be a random question, but Jalen Warren, do you think, do you feel like he could be, is it falls in that mold or, or like, do you think that if they were to unleash Jalen Warren, you'd be fine? I think Jalen Warren would be awesome if they unleashed him. Yeah. Like, I think Jalen Warren is one of the best running backs in the league. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I honestly, so I honestly think he is like, he's so he, fast. He's so fast. Like, he's so good. The thing, it's been cracking me up. There's been, um, I keep seeing the, and, I don't even know of like what the purpose of this tweet is. Maybe this tweet isn't fully serious or whatever. I keep seeing the same tweet every week of Najee Harris's breakaway, the number of breakaway runs he's had this year versus Jalen Warren. And it just like, there's, that's all it is. And it's like, I, I suppose it's to say Najee Harris is more explosive than Jalen Warren, but it's like, so here's Najee Harris, right. Who came into the league with this massive red flag that he's not explosive. That's his big red flag. But We were told, don't worry about that. You don't <laughs> don't concern yourself with his lack of explosion. It doesn't matter because he's good at everything else. He's a great receiver. He runs routes. You're going to love watching this guy run routes. Just wait. And he's a bruiser. He's going to smash through the lines and score a bunch of touchdowns. He's going to handle a huge workload. That part was true for a minute. But now we're down to with Najee Harris. Actually, <laughs> the reason you <laughs> don't have to care about him being worse at Jalen Warren in every part of being a running back, it's because he's real explosive now. He's never been before, 
but now he is. Don't don't worry, it's not variance. And just seeing Jalen Warren rip off long run, that long uh, touchdown run today, gave me gave me a lot of joy because um, I, I don't think that stat's going to hold up again. Um, <laughs> but like, if you look at the ESPN's receiver ratings this year, which I I really like for running backs, um, Jalen Warren he's he's only RB seven this year. Uh, that's still pretty. But, I mean, that's still pretty good when you consider everyone who's touched the ball this year. Yeah, it's still pretty good. If you look at the last two years combined, he's running back two behind uh, Christian McCaffrey only. So that's where I'm like, all right, this dude is like legitimately flashing as a receiving running back. By the way, yeah. over the last two years, three is Rashad White, four is Austin Eckler, five is Josh Jacobs. So, like, so it makes sense directionally too. It makes sense directionally. Um, it's something that I've been I've used uh, the last. Well, I guess starting last year, I started using it because they released it last year. But it's something that I think can help point us in the right direction a little bit. Um, he hasn't been like super, 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 super explosive as a rusher over the course of the year. But uh, I I think the numbers will improve after this week. And I mean, just like he definitely passes the eye test, and he's a really, really good receiver. So I'm like more willing to be like, hey, if you're a really good receiver and the rushing numbers are okay and you like have burst, I'm pretty, I'm pretty into that. I'll, I'll start, I'll start, I'll start touting you and saying you're one of the best running backs in the league. And then hopefully <laughs> prove me right, prove me right by the, getting those rushing numbers in place. And uh, I think maybe he's going to prove me right. So yeah, he had nine carries today to uh, Harris's 12. So that's maybe, that's a more up. even split than we've seen in the past, but do you think this is enough to to get him to overtake Harris? I don't. Uh, I don't. I think yeah. he's going to just have to keep doing it, um, and eventually something will crack. But like, even so, last last week, Mike Tomlin. Uh, commented on how so Jalen Warren said he had been announced as the starter before the game and yeah I, remember I, was, that. I was awesome right I was super psyched to hear that but then uh coach speak index on Twitter had sent uh had the clip which I just love because he puts the he puts the clips out so you can actually watch them all um and he also get pretty good pretty good context on it as well but I, I watched the clip of Mike Tomlin talking about it and he was saying Basically, it was like an honor thing. Like he was like, I was honoring this this guy's contribution to the team. This is something he's done in the past with like blocking tight ends. Something uh, someone else had pointed out that it's a home game. So you know that that was like a key part of this. Like he's you know, coming out to the home crowd as an undrafted free agent, announces the starter. Like that's awesome. Like and like credit to Mike Tomlin for making that happen. Like that's really cool that he did that. But I don't. It doesn't mean what we want it to mean. Yeah. And then this week we we saw that you know he's still not ahead. So I don't know. I, I mean, I Warren is like my highest drafted player in. Yeah. Uh, I don't think in best ball mania. I think Brees is, but he's in my overall portfolio. Warren is my highest drafted player. And I and as I was kind of going along that journey, I I did hear like Mike Tomlin is is going to be too stubborn. Like this is never happening. But I just I was like, dude, this this vault. This is I really felt that was an opportunity that is rare to bet on a talent discrepancy that is about as wide as we ever get. And, uh, you know, for the for the ADPs, like you get one guy like in the early rounds and one guy in the double digit rounds and the guy in the double digit rounds is like 
much more talented and it's not close. Yeah. <laughs> and it's a running back where there's a lot of a lot of volatility. So uh, I think we're just going to have to he's just going to have to kind of keep grinding and keep making that more like 55, 45 his way. Um, but, you know, if if Najee were to miss two games. Yeah. Like it, it's it's like he's he's going to smash in those games. So, yeah, just yeah. from an offensive scheme perspective, I wanted to get your take. Right. Like because, you know, we were talking earlier about like how you have the, the cluster of quarterbacks were bad. Another one who's bad is Kenny Pickett. Right. Mm-hmm. But he's not bad when he's targeting Jalen Warren. So I was curious if if, if the team <laughs> could figure out a way <laughs> to somehow get get more and more and more touches that way. Right. Like at least at least create some layups. For a guy who's actually got burst, you know what I mean? Like, 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 instead of making those difficult boundary throws to Pickens, and you don't have a safety blanket and free move over the middle, like, I wonder why yeah. they're not trying to like use Jalen Warren more so in the outlet or figure out a way to get both these guys on the field at the same time. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, it's a good point. I mean, they they should they should run a little bit more like the Chargers where they're peppering, yeah, you know, mm-hmm. or like the old Panthers. Like they should. I I think that's their offense would improve if they actually like leaned on Warren um, as a receiving running back in part, because that some of those Warren targets would replace Harris or Warren rushes. I mean, Warren's not like an elite rusher. Uh, I think he's fine. I think Harris oh. is, I honestly think Harris is also fine. Like he's not a he's, terrible rusher. He's, he's whatever. He's not great. He's kind of below average, but he's not, he's been, he's been okay. It's just that like an okay rusher is bad for an offense yeah so pull that out and replace it with some some additional warrant targets and it probably would improve the offense a bit i mean mean, you've got you 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 can also take uh, you can also take targets away from 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 alan robinson or calvin (laughs) or calvin austin and like he didn't calvin austin didn't he didn't get a target today but like taking away you know like like alan robinson like what is he bringing you he doesn't have the same burst he's kind of not really a viable threat right at least no at least, at least you get like a like a like a spark plug outlet, like, like for for lack of a better word, right? Like, like why couldn't um, like think about the old Kareem Hunt usage in Cleveland with Nick Chubb, right? Like, why not? Why not have him there? Yeah, no, I completely agree. I mean, in some ways, we have that. You know, he's he kind of yeah. is playing like a Kareem Huntish role, um, or like an Eckler with Melvin Gordon type of role. That's what I think it probably is most reminiscent of yeah, right. when Melvin Gordon was like, yeah. He was he was he was on the downhill and Eckler was on the upward swing and it seemed kind of nuts to just like hand it over to this UDFA but like that's that's where we're headed that's gonna happen <laughs> this will be Warren's backfield at some point I feel I feel very confident about that the problem is that at some point is probably at the end of next season to where mm. like it's like his backfield yeah but you know Najee's a bust he's a yeah. he's a bust first round pick on this guy like it's no. Well, not the yeah. Um, I was actually going to say a guy who you we we haven't even had a chance to really for you to really victory lap. Brandon Ayuk, he got five or six targets, 150 yards, uh, 156 yards and a touchdown. Um, you mentioned on ship chasing that he was your poster boy for this week, and boy, boy, did he deliver career high in receiving yards. And I mean, he came into the game leading the NFL in average separation per route. Yeah, career high, it leads the NFL in average yards of separation per route just straight up dominated these guys um so i guess the question here is 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 a little bit twofold in that in that one 
what is what is Shanahan's issue with like taking an entire year to really give us the IUQ usage that we wanted? And then two, what is Debo Samuel's issue in life? <laughs> I I don't think we should blame Shanahan for this. I think yeah. like Ayuk, um, you know, like okay, so I referenced open. I referenced uh, the receiver ratings for the running backs. I really like open score, and I specifically like open score the most for the receivers. This is all for free at ESPNanalytics.com. Um, open score, I think, is is the most useful when looking at receivers because, like, we we like already know like so much of the the catch and the yak and like that's like what we do but like the part of who's actually getting open and therefore like maybe who are the stats kind of understating a little bit mm-hmm. i think that i think open score can really help us there and um brandon ayuk is second and this does not include yet this week but brandon yeah. ayuk heading into the week was second in open score behind keenan allen ahead of the uh, three, four, and five are Garrett Wilson, CD Lamb, and AJ Brown. So, yeah, very impressive where he was. That was not who we saw in 2022. Uh, he wasn't bad in open score, but he was wide receiver eight, and he wasn't nearly uh, like the the raw score wasn't wasn't nearly as impressive. So that's like you know I think a sign of a guy who's taking a step forward in in. Uh, his actual like skill level. And that's what we heard this summer. He was like a, a guy that like, you know, some, some of the summer buzz could be misleading, but I think some of it's pretty helpful. And he was one where like, he was like, dude, Ayuk is it. Like Ayuk is a number one. That was the narrative all summer out of 49ers camp. Um, now we also heard that Debo was back in shape and texting Kyle Shanahan pictures of his body and stuff. So, <laughs> you know, there was like Debo was trying to create the narrative that he's also back, but what we were hearing generally, you know, without people sending pictures was uh, was Brandon Ayuk was, had taken a step forward. And I think I think that's basically what's happened. I think Brandon Ayuk's taken a step forward and like credit to Kyle Shanahan, frankly, for designing his offense with Brandon Ayuk as his primary downfield playmaker. Like he's the dude who's attacking the deep middle of the field. That's why he was my cover boy this week, because the Buccaneers have been really susceptible to the deep middle uh, over the deep middle and. Uh, they're allowing explosive plays at a really high rate. They were before this week, and they will, you know, this week will not help that uh, in the stats. So, um, yeah, I think he was just like it was a perfect matchup for IU because the way, like, kind of what the Buccaneers are bad at is what Shanahan wants to do, and it's what he specifically has been doing with Ayuk and Kittle, attacking the deep middle. Um, and you know, I think Ayuk is. Daigle on uh, DFS MVP, John Daigle referenced a couple weeks ago, like Ayuk's uh, stats against zone because he's generally regarded as like a man beater, but like yeah. his stats against zone are also off the charts. And it's like, oh, right, because he's just crushing. <laughs> like it doesn't matter how you split it, he's just <laughs> absolutely dominating right now. I mean, I mean, uh, man beater is kind of apt because like today, what he did to the defenders was just disgusting, dude. Like, like he really dog walked those guys. Yeah, it didn't matter who yeah. you had on him. I know it was uh, it was a little unfortunate the Bucks couldn't push back a little more. Yeah. it was about to be an even bigger. Dude, game. it was about to be a, rid- a ridiculous we, day. Yeah, we kind of see this uh, often with San Francisco, where even when they're putting up points, not all their receivers are really doing anything. I mean, even Samuel didn't have a terrible day. Sixty-three yards on four targets is not terrible, but. Um, not enough for fantasy do you, 
do you think that was largely matchup related and uh we might see more of samuel in the future or i i do yeah i think i i I do think it's it's somewhat matchup related i mean i know the zone and and um man stuff i haven't gotten as deep into and so i'm not i can't really speak on that part of it maybe that has something to do with it Mm -hmm. but I kind of tend to think about stuff more as like kind of what part of what kind of parts of the field the offense is likely to be looking to attack. Um, and one thing to keep in mind with San Francisco as we move forward is that they have not been protecting um, Brock Purdy well. And one of the beautiful things about this matchup was that the Buccaneers also don't have a very good pass rush. Right. So it's like you're susceptible to big plays. You can be beat over the middle of the field. And you don't get to the passer, like that's that's gonna suck for you when you're playing San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Like that's that's a horrible, horrible place to be in to have San Francisco as the next team on your schedule. I, I think with you know teams that can get to Purdy, right? Be, oh, the other thing about the Bucks is they also blitz a lot and kind of suck at it. <laughs> so it's like <laughs> it's perfect too because Purdy gets blitzed all the time and he's he's good against the blitz, but. Um, Anyway, for teams that can, you know, blitz more effectively or have a really good pass rush, I think that's an, a spot where we could see more Samuel, you know, and, and it's a, like a less interesting spot for Ayuk because Ayuk's more of the downfield guy, deep, right. much deeper ADOT. Samuel gets used on some of those more designs, touches around the line of scrimmage, rushes, obviously. Uh, just generally his ADOT's much more shallow. So, you know, if they need to get, if it's more of like a quick passing game type of game plan, I think we'll see Samuel like, really you know kind of bounce back um so yeah i i do view this as is pretty matchup it was also interesting that like kittle was heavily efficient i mean he had the most he led the team in targets nine he caught eight of them for 89 yards and a score right like, that's also going to reduce the need to to go back mm-hmm. to iu just highly efficient there i mean to, to be fair like uh i didn't think they had anyone who could have matched up with kittle physically like you all like 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 Kittle, when he's uh, actually going like enrolling the way he does, like he pops off the screen because he's so much bigger than the mm-hmm. safeties they put on him and the cornerbacks that they put on him. And it's just like, yeah, like, you know, like he, it's not like, like you always forget how physically intimidating he can be. And it's been a while since, 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 since I've had a chance to actually watch Kittle, like a proper Kittle explosion like this one. Um, just because uh, I knew it was coming because we were facing him in our ME teams. It was like, oh, it's just great. Like, we're not going to, like, <laughs> like, like we don't, like, in a, in a, in a TE premium, he's obviously going to drop, like, a fantastic game against us. But, yeah, it's uh, volume volume concerns aside. Like, how much do you think CMC cannibalizes Depot? Like, just out of curiosity. Like, I just, like, just because they, they kind of occupy similar facets of the field. So I was curious what your thoughts were over there as to, uh, and like, did you think as a follow-up, like where do you think Debo goes next year? Cause I'd be curious to see his price. I think Debo probably goes in the kind of fifth round. Yeah. Uh, like he probably flips with, I, well, I, you probably goes higher than Debo was yeah. going, but I think we're always like going to have like a third rounder or we'll like an early fourth. Yeah. <laughs> you, you, you think he's going to be a second rounder? Are you, I think he'd probably be a two, three turn guy. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. I mean, so hard like when Debo was that. going two years ago, Debo was a late second round pick. Yeah, he was. Yeah, so I think that Ayuk might go there. 
if he keeps yeah. this up, I think that's where it'll go. Maybe maybe he cools off uh, significantly and he goes more uh, and kind of like where T. Higgins was going. Um, yeah, or maybe even takes over where Jalen Waddle would be right mid second then. Well, he I think he'd have to really crush to to go there because I do think with with Kittle you're always going to be battling the we can't project this being a good pick stuff. Yeah, you know, which is which is valid to some to some extent. Like the 49ers are always. Like you're gonna have to eat some bad weeks with, um, like even this year, right? Like Ayuk will will cool off and have some really bad weeks going forward. It's just that he had, he gives you access to some really strong weeks too because this offense is super efficient um, and he's really good. And so it can be it's like sort of a tough question of like how many 49ers is too many 49ers and can these guys get there all together and they're all overpriced and like. Yeah, they all, all they all should be overpriced for like a season long projection because they they're going to crush in specific weeks and that's how how this game is scored. But it it, it does it does I don't know, it's always going to feel like a little bit I never expect to feel comfy taking 49ers because I think the market actually does a pretty good job of being like these dudes are going to be super efficient and I and I want them. Yeah. 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 Um another, uh, another guy I, I was going to move on to another guy who's super efficient. Uh, maybe a surprise to a lot of us. Tank Dell caught eight of 10 <laughs> targets for 149 yards and a touchdown. Um, yeah, Noah Brown obviously missed this game. He's kind of been CJ Stroud's go to guy over the last two weeks, but Tank Dell not missing a beat. Uh, I guess my question about Dell is is he legit? Is he. Um, yeah, someone who's going to be rising up draft boards as well. Yeah, I mean, uh, so I I stopped at the top five of open score. Number six is Tank Dell. Yeah. <laughs> He's been really, really good. Um, I was like, I, I was really disappointed just, you know, kind of how popular he was today in DFS. I ended up not playing him um, in most of my lineups. I, I ran four lineups. I had him in one. Um, and... I really wanted to just like eat the eat the chalk and play him everywhere because I was I mean he just he's been so good um, and like it, Stroud did ask them to draft this guy you know and the yeah. other thing about you know that's always nice is we kind of look forward to next year and what you know they're probably going to bring in a receiver right and they're going to um, you know that'll kind of shake things up a little bit maybe we won't be as excited about Dell or whatever. Uh, they they would be smart to continue to add weapons here. I mean, Stroud they have it. They have the quarterback, so so build around him, please. But um, but I do think Dell is legit. I think Dell's because the other thing about Dell is that he had a good college profile. It's just that he was really small, and I mean, I still have a little bit of bias against the small guys, and not just from the old uh, road of his days, but from like Tutu Atwell. Like Tutu Atwell had an awesome college profile and he was just like really really tiny and it's like there is i think a threshold below which you're probably not it's not that you won't be good like it's it's just it's not going to translate like it'll translate for wide receivers who are sufficiently big but maybe we're just continually lowering what that threshold is the way (laughs) the nfl is kind of moving and tank dell i think pretty definitively um you know we should we should be ignoring like the size concerns at this point and looking at his like kind of re-looking at his college profile. He had 
uh, a 36% dominator rating in 2021, 38% yep. in 2022, 34% for his career. I believe it was an early declare, right? Yep. Uh, I don't think so. Let me check. There, there might have been a reason why he wasn't. If he wasn't, there must be a reason why he wasn't. I, mean, it, I think his his size is probably a good reason why he wouldn't have been. But um, now he's pretty old. Yeah, he's twenty. He's twenty four years. He's old. a fifth year. He might have been a. Oh, fifth year. Was he? A, I mean, maybe not a JUCO guy, but um, that's probably what it was. Yeah. No, he kicked around. He kicked around a bit. I mean, like he kicked around a bit, but like. The big thing I think for him is also like he has I'm a lot of miss March and my stuff as an early player. If he wants a Juco, you need to go double check that. Yeah, yeah I mean, because he, he did have like th- he had three years before he went to Houston, right? And even at Houston, it took him like one or two years to get like fully established. Um, yeah. One of the things about like. Anyway, that's a good profile for a fifth year guy, though. Like to have yeah. uh, the 34% dominate rating is still pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, but but I mean like but I mean like there's like there's got to be a story behind why like why he was kicking around, right? Like a different because like because like this is sort of where like analysts should make their money. You know what I mean? Like this is like you you have to be able to take a stand. You can't just say oh his prospect profile is like he's too small. Like it's not it doesn't it doesn't doesn't make sense, right? Like we like we uh like I think I think John John Moore has done a lot of good work on figuring out what under undersized receivers are worth it, and how to figure that part out. Um, yeah, I mean there is an interesting thing where you see these guys uh, who are JUCO transfers or who yeah you know transfer at all and then end up you know playing as seniors, and it doesn't seem to hurt those guys in the same way quite as much. Ayuk was the same um, situation. Um, so yeah. there, you know, there are some mitigating circumstances, I think, to the early declare stuff and transferring from a smaller school or playing at a smaller school seems to be one of them. I wonder if he took time off because yeah, I think he, he did. He might've taken two years off. Yeah. You know? CFR, CFR has him as like a true junior. Yeah. Cause I, I went, I pulled up on 24 seven. He committed to FIU. Um, but then I don't think he ever played there. And then he ended up two years later, but he didn't. So he, he signed, he enrolled, uh, signed a letter of intent in December, 2019 with Houston. No, he played one year at Alabama A&M and then transferred to independence community college and played one year there and then transferred to Houston. Okay. So it was a junior college situation. Yeah. Interesting. He was, yeah, but like that's, yeah, and and historical anomalies makes a good point, right? Like there is like a, there is a COVID year aspect because he started mm-hmm. in Houston in twenty twenty, and then and then he gets. I mean, he's just gonna be. It's it's hard to say, but like this is gonna be the type of profile where every, like we're just gonna fail, like from an from like a macro perspective, and then like this is just, it's it's tough, you know? Maybe um, I mean. There are a lot of aspects of Dell's profile that were really attractive, like Pat was saying. Not yeah. only did he have all the kind of market share numbers we like, he was also one of the most efficient um, yeah. players when yeah. you look at kind of the the advanced uh, stats. You know, one of the reasons I really liked Jalen Hyatt this year was because he was because of how efficient he was and how effective he was in terms of uh, you know like EPA stuff. And Dell was basically just as good if not better in a lot of those metrics but i think probably because he was small and old i kind of ignored him 
Yeah, and I think so. One thing I would say that's that I've really enjoyed from, um, you know, as someone who like I started getting into the prospect stuff because I, I was really into dynasty. One thing that I like about um, kind of the, the environment that we're in now is that I have like way more Tank Dell in best ball yeah. than I did in dynasty. Like in dynasty, yeah. wasn't really even that on my radar because I was like, what's the payoff? Like it's a hundred, dude's one hundred and sixty-five pounds. You know, obviously all this stuff is wrong, right? But he's 5'8", he's 165 pounds. He's like, you know, fine prospect, not not like so great that I'm going to be like overlooking these red flags. Also, he's a third round pick, you know, which is which is some draft capital, but not a ton. He's on the Texans, you know, they got this rookie quarterback, Stroud. Stroud will be fine. He's not going to be great. And so it's yeah. like, what's, what's the payoff? Yeah. But in best ball, the payoff is... This dude has two good weeks, and they're at the end of the season, right? Because as a rookie rookie wide receiver, he's most likely to do that at the end of the week, at the end of the year. They'll probably this this team doesn't really have any wide receivers. Like Nico Collins is, you know, also like a third round pick. They that this regime isn't tied to. They got Robert Woods is kind of tail end of his career. They got like John Mechie, who knows what that is. You know, like there's they need to they're figure out free agent they, with Dalton Schultz. Yes. They need to assess. They need to assess what they have as they move forward with building out this depth chart. And so Dell actually profiled in best ball is the type of guy who is like pretty likely to see playing time, regardless of how good he was. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I think like that's that's what I want to kind of keep doing. I it's I think it's more important to have an open mind in best ball. Um or like the, the situation that you're trying to keep an open mind to is like actually pretty different than the situation you're trying to picture in dynasty or in dynasty you're like i need this dude to like emerge as a superstar which yeah. still kind of is maybe doing <laughs> but um <laughs> but in best ball like you're like hey i just need this like offense to take a look yeah at this dude. yeah so you know obviously and then you get outsized gains if they take a look at him and he's awesome so I, i'm i feel really good that i have a lot i don't have like a ton of dell but i have i feel pretty good about my dell exposure overall um dell being good is making me happy i'll put it that way yeah uh, Another guy, another rookie I wanted to get your take on, Puka Nakua. He got uh, five of seven targets for 70 yards in the Rams' week 11 win over the Seahawks. Uh, he didn't catch his first pass until there were like six seconds left in the first half. Uh, it was a big one. It was like the Rams' first touchdown, and he saw six of his seven targets in the second half following Cooper Cup uh, leaving with an ankle injury. Uh, unfortunately, we don't know anything regarding Cooper Cup's status, um, but I wanted to get you know, your take here on Nakua sort of rest of season and dynasty value. Yeah. I think um, this is probably good time to maybe go try. Well, not if cup is hurt again, I guess, but like this, uh, this is probably like a good time to, to try and go get Nakua and dynasty. Cause I think when I was trying to think through Nakua, when he was like crushing earlier and kind of coming out of nowhere, it was sort of this, uh, the same thought process that I used back when Terry McLaurin emerged where there's like kind of this thing that happens where after the season, we're going to just take all of the context that we've been like deep in the weeds on and like, forget about it. And we're just going to look at the kind of the, what happened at like baseline, like, or like the, basically the box score. What did, how many, what points per game did this guy have? I mean, you know, like, what did this dude do? 
So whatever Puka Nakua has done is essentially like banked value for, for Dynasty and like redraft ADP next year. Like he's going to have a pretty high season-long stat line because he was so good early in the season. Like that's just kind of already like almost guaranteed. Um, mm. He'd have to completely disappear for that not to happen. So uh, his his floor on his value is like pretty high because he's a second-year player who's going to have a really good rookie season. Um, you know, Cooper Cup's going to be another year older and have had come off a, an injury plague season. I don't know what's going to happen at quarterback. That's obviously a major concern. McVay retiring or something would be a disaster. But that's uh, you know that that's risk that I'm I'm worth I'm willing to take on if I can get Nakua like a reasonable price right now. While it almost seems like he's almost like kind of boring. As long as Cup's healthy, he he kind of became like a little bit more. Mm-hmm. more boring he's not like emerging into like true he didn't take another step forward into like oh he's the number one there you know what i mean yeah right and i don't think he ever like i don't think he profiles as one who will right um it is it is interesting though to for the for a guy like this i mean again um someone who's older he's also a transfer right like he really and he never broke out in college like that's the big thing. Like he never had like a like a dominator above thirty uh, percent. He never crossed the threshold that we're looking for. Right. Like like his best season was eight hundred and five yards. Which year was that? Like twenty twenty one. That's is following his like transfer from Washington. Okay, interesting. Junior season. Yeah, yeah. I, it's such a weird career because wasn't he fairly COVID like affected in terms of moving. Yeah, yeah, he did transfer stuff. during COVID, and he also, I think, was injured this season right before he transferred, so it was shorter for that reason as well. I can't mm-hmm. exactly remember. He did have – so he had um, – all right, so this starts 2019. He had 4.42 yards per route run at Washington, then 2.60, which is still very good. It's not nearly as good as, like, in college, all the yards per route runs are much higher, but that's, like, yeah. still pretty good. And then 3.44 and 3.53 to close out his two years at, at BYU. So the, the yards per hour run, I think, is probably the signal with Nakua that I, I didn't I, – I've been now really burned by two different fourth-round picks in best ball, um, mm-hmm. Amon Ross St. Brown and Nakua, and I just need to get my head out of my ass on that. Like, <laughs> if, the, if the dude is slotted for immediate opportunity, then – a fourth round picks like the same as a third round pick. Like I, I just need because if you look at like historical stuff, fourth round pick isn't always very. Yeah, you don't love to see that, but right, clearly, clearly, fourth round picks can have a pretty big impact. Yeah, um, I think I think for me it's just a ma- I I just think it's teams who um, there's like a flaw in their scouting process. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I think yeah, he he definitely fell through the cracks. Yeah, because I mean, like also like the issue with this year was like. Um, like the the distribution was like if you take a bell curve and then just inverse it, like or like flip it around, right? Like you have like all these guys going in the first and early second round, <laughs> and then it's like a whole bunch of junk, and then like all these guys are going to the back end, right? Like it's yeah. like 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 like, and then the uh, I didn't get on Puka at all in best. I think my portfolio is like four or five percent Puka, but I have it in a few dynasty leagues. I took in like the late third early fourth round because again like a lot of people ignored him because they were like ah this guy you know like fifth rounder on the rams who knows what stafford and his thumb where is he gonna get playing time behind you know cup 
and Higby and all the other guys. And I was like, my team's all my all my old wide receivers are dying, so I'm just gonna take this guy and hope something works out, right? Yeah, he yeah, was uh, a fifth rounder. I I thought I mistakenly thought it was a, a fourth rounder, but uh, I, mean, I guess what, I guess what it was that the Rams when the Rams take a dude, I just like move them up <laughs> around since they never have a first rounder. <laughs> yeah, uh, Kevin uh, Kevin Tompkins makes a good note. Before Amon Ross St. Brown, the best fourth round pick was like Jamison Crowder and Gabe Davis. I mean, like, yeah, like, like we can say what we want about like scouting, but like the NFL has this wide receiver pick to like pretty much a science in most places. And I guess whatever QJ. Well, Dig, Diggs was a fifth rounder, and Diggs Diggs and Tony, was Tony Brown was a sixth there. rounder. Yeah. The, I think I think uh, Stefan Diggs fell that late because he was like they placed almost over over indexed on his like character concerns, right? I don't actually know why. That's interesting. Did he ask to be yeah. traded from Maryland? Is that what, did his brother ask? <laughs> uh, no. So <laughs> I remember I remember he had like an absolute freak out like during one of the Big Ten games. I think it was yeah. against Penn State or something. Yeah, right. Like like he had, like he was like kind of a sore loser. I think. And and he was like a five star prospect. He was like he was a five star recruit, ranked as like the best second best wide receiver in the nation. And like here here he is going going in like the fifth round. You know what I mean? Yeah, was, that's I mean, ridiculous. Crazy. But even like, with Diggs, like, like what did Diggs do in his rookie season? Because it's been kind of amazing. I mean, and Antonio Brown, like he took years to emerge into something. Um, yeah, it right. was like very that's quiet true. start to his career. Uh, uh, that's Diggs true. was solid. Diggs was solid as a rookie, but I don't think he really had a breakout year until year two or maybe even year three. Three. Yeah, I think he was. Let me see. I'll pull it up. Um, he had he had seven hundred forty six yards and four touchdowns as a rookie. Um, so that's pretty good. Yeah, these but days it wasn't that like would, that would make him a fourth rounder in the next draft. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, he, uh, he, yeah, he kind of truly broke out in his third season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Brown was a little, a little slower to break out as well. So it is surprising to see these guys like St. Brown and like Nakua, who are late round picks, getting. I mean, even even St. Brown didn't really do it until the end of his rookie season. Right, that's true. But when he did it, he did it. Yeah, it was for like real. so good. Yeah, and Nakua, you know, right out of the gate. I mean, if Cup is hurt for several games, I guess you would expect them to go back to that yep. 15 targets to Nakua game yeah. plan. And, I mean, how high is he getting drafted next year? Man, he is such a tough one. Are we so what? So, what's the situation? Like, is it basically status quo? Stafford comes back, Cup's there. I mean, I think we're talking Cup yeah, is a Cup's late there, but first. Cup is coming off an injury-riddled season at age what thirty-one now, thirty-two. I think he'll be thirty-one. Thirty-one. Uh, he is thirty years old now. He turns yeah. thirty-one in June. Yeah. Yeah. So he'll be a, he'll be an early second-round pick in the in the Devonte Adams zone. Yeah. Right. Uh, and then Puka will be. Like at the two three turn, yeah, I he, have a, he'll be the he'll be the Higgins. I have a he could even be the Waddle. He yeah, could, he could be the Waddle. Be that, yeah, the Reek Waddle. Yeah, the, the the I have this like uh bad feeling, just this bad feeling, like like with the like 
with the Rams' offense, right? Like, because like Stafford suffered the UCL injury yet again. Um, I mean, it's a miracle they won this game. Well, yeah, that's like, the thing. If they, I'm kind of thinking like we feel okay about Stafford, but if we don't, then yeah, yeah, right. Then he can fall a few rounds. Right. Yeah, but I think I think I think we just like no, but like assuming full health and everything. Yeah, like you're right. Like you could see this being the arbitr like being the arbitrage. I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't think it's arbitrage, but like if Cup goes late, like early second, then like Nakua definitely two three turn type of thing, like you were saying. Um, well, it's funny, like because you think about him versus Waddle, and it feels a little weird to be like, oh, he'd go ahead of Waddle, but yeah. Who would you like rather play most weeks yeah. in DFS? Puka <laughs> or Waddle? Like, you're yeah, most that's, that's like, oh, like at the same salary, I'm definitely playing Puka. Like, right. you know yeah. what I mean? Like most, I mean, it's not as comfortable as it used to be, but like it's, anyway, yeah. I think, yeah, I think he'll go pretty high. Yeah. Um, there's a good question in the chat. Puka or Dank rest of the season? Um, you know. Puka. Yeah, Puka, right? <laughs> um, I think so. But, I mean, Tank's really good, but they're going to spread it around a little bit more. Yeah, I mean, like, like if Noah Brown comes back, I mean, like that, like Noah Brown was a guy we were discussing because he's also like he's a seventh rounder from Ohio State and just hasn't done anything, but he's got these like bizarro spike weeks in him out of nowhere, and like they just such a flat target share over there. He is a yeah, true I mean, early declare who's been able to stick in the league despite you know not yeah, really having a ton of opportunity. Yeah. You know, there's some reasons for thinking he might legitimately be good. So the the thing that really kind of sucks for the Texans now is that so next week they get the Jaguars. Yeah, uh, Jaguars have a good defense. I'm that's obviously not ideal, but the Jaguars can also push them, which is nice. Then they get the Broncos, who have been increasingly conservative and run heavy. Uh, you can also run on the Broncos, so that makes me nervous that we're not going to get they're not going to be pushed and. The Texans are fundamentally a run-first team. Yeah, like that's yeah. who they are. I guess who they want to be. That's how they game plan. So you need someone to push them to really get the like super fun stuff. And then they get the Jets after the Broncos. Then they then we get. Remember, we were promised how fun this was going to be for Derrick Henry, but we get the Titans, the Browns, and the Titans, which actually looks pretty awful to me because the Titans aren't going to push them. Now you can pass on the Titans. I'm not for efficiency purposes. It'll be pretty good but it's not that it's not a very exciting close of the season for the texans if you look at like what's the likelihood of them getting into shootouts the rest of the way uh probably the jaguars is your best bet yeah uh the texans defense is also correct me if i'm wrong on this one they're not as terrible as we think they are like they're actually more than quietly capable of 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 curbing i mean like they have a good pass rush yeah like, like we were expecting a little bit more fireworks from the Cardinals Texans game than we than we got, um, right? Like, there's like something to be said for, uh, you know, Greg Dorch emerging as the Cardinals <laughs> leading. Like, I don't know what it is, but with Greg, with Kyle Murray <laughs> under center, like, like, like Greg Dorch is just the man. Um, any like any worries about like Smokey, like like Hollywood Brown, like uh, two, two for eighteen on five targets. Yeah, you don't love that. I I was kind of shocked when I saw the start of that game and it's just a bomb, a wide open wide receiver downfield, and it's the Rondell Moore. I was literally yeah. like, when I saw the four instead of two, I was like, what? Like, how is this possible? Uh, I I don't. I mean, it's definitely a bit of a bummer for Marquise Brown the last couple of weeks, but I'm not like 
overly concerned because Kyler looks pretty good. Um, and, you know, he's he's out there a lot and he's like, he's still pretty good. But I guess it's not, it's been a bit of a bummer because there was part of you felt like maybe he could just emerge as like, like a true wide receiver one, you know, with Kyler back. And I think, I think he'll have his moments though. I don't, you know, he's fine. He's kind of, he kind of is what he is. How concerned are you about this offense? I mean, even with Kyler back and looking pretty good, there's a kind of a pretty apparent lack of receiving weapons when you're talking about Greg Dorch as the, as the top target getter. I mean, I'm the biggest Greg Dorch fan I know of, and even I'm a little bit, <laughs> even I'm a little bit uh, worried. Yeah, it's not great. I mean, so this offense was able to kind of put together some weeks with uh, with Josh Dobbs, mm-hmm. which honestly is maybe less impressive than I thought it was at the time because Josh Dobbs is now doing well in Minnesota. But um, let me see. What's their schedule the rest of the way? Because this this was yeah. – I, I felt like the thing with this game was that we needed kind of Kyler to push this into being really fun and – uh, I guess really that was kind of wrong because if Stroud just does, you know, takes care of the ball a little bit better, it would have been would have been more fun there. But they get the Rams next week. The Rams are kind of a run funnel, uh, but you can pass on them. The then they get the Steelers, who have a good pass rush. So yeah, then they get the bye week, um, and maybe coming out of the bye, they'd be a little more effective. The Week 16 game against Chicago, that could be fun. Mm-hmm. That could be very fun. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, obviously, like, they have Michael Wilson as their kind of clear outside deep threat, who's like a better version of Alec Pierce, I guess. He's not, he's nothing special at all. Um, Rondale's getting a little bit more involved, obviously, this week with with Wilson out. Trey McBride seems pretty legit to me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, He's getting, he's getting a lot of usage and he's been good. So I think they have a little bit of a weapon there. Uh, but yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, this is a team that probably should have DeAndre Hopkins on it. So they, they don't, the weapons aren't great. It's, mm. it's a real shame because like with Levis, like it's cool to see Levis at least get some opportunity. It's when you watch Levis play, it's fucking terrible, man. <laughs> <laughs> like, 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 like he had like, like, it's almost like his first game as like a true rookie was like, this is it, boy. It's just gonna get worse from here. And he just got like like the bottom fell out. Like, 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 dude, like that's like the like the quarterback rug pull of the year. You know what I mean? It's so funny. Well, even in the advanced stats though, like his success rate in that game, uh, that yeah. first game was really bad. Yeah, and, I remember that. Uh, you know, I listened to, to Kevin Cole's breakdown on on that game, and he's basically like saying, like, you know, there's a lot of negative EPA here too, uh, in addition to the positive EPA, like, because he basically was getting to like a, a sort of a neutral EPA. But it's like, hang yeah. on, you're at neutral EPA, and you like all I saw was you throwing super long touchdowns to DeAndre Hopkins. Like, what what were you doing that wasn't that? Yeah. It must have been horrible. So then we just we've seen more of that. Uh, we yeah. did get a, we did get another uh, long touchdown to DeAndre though, so you know, we also he, saw back in. we also saw a pick six today with an old lineman getting in there. Oh, did we? I didn't. I <laughs> yeah, didn't we got uh, Jeffrey Jeffrey Simmons got a two yard touchdown, a <laughs> defensive tackle. Oh, oh, I did. Yeah, okay. I was like, <laughs> it those was those like, moments where 
I, I was watching Red Zone and they like showed that. I was like, what did I just see? Yeah. No, like, and, they, and, they just, and they just didn't show it again. Like, that was. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it didn't register. I was like, I was like, what? Like, like hang on. Hold the phone, Scott Hansen. Nope. He's like off and running. And it's like, ah. It was sort of like a plot hole in a movie I'm enjoying where I was just like, I'm just not going to think about that. <laughs> I'll enjoy this more if I don't analyze what I just saw. Yeah, just I mean, I mean, but that's it's it's like this is this is like why why you got to read like Blair's matchup column and fast like legendary upside. Like I've been, um, I've been I've been using all your work for like betting, and today I had a bunch of like I I was pottering around too much right before like the games went live, and I had like eight winners like like legit like when I would like cause I I like making notes and I like putting them up. And there were like eight bets that I had like I didn't hit on like the three IU overs I wanted to put in. And I didn't hit on on the on the dank, dank that longest track that I wanted. There were a couple of others that I'm not forgetting. Wait, so you're telling me you had a bunch of winners that you never placed? Yeah, like I just forgot. Like they just like got like like afterwards, like the slip just becomes like remove, pick, and continue. And like because like it went from being pre pre game to like um, to going to live. And then like when it was uh-huh. live, I'm like uh, maybe not. Like you know because like don't know if it makes sense like to, to like just try and chase this shit when it's like going live because it's, it's almost impossible to get live lines when you're just betting props mm. so it's like because like i like i like putting them in the the way i the way i do it is i make notes right and then i go through uh because uh i go through on my on my phone or my on my on my betting on, on on my thing and i put them all in my queue and then i double check with everything that i've got like your work players work my own research as well then I eventually put all the bets in, and then it, I I just lost time today. Ah oh, man, yeah, yeah. But like, it just goes to show that like reading your work is just going to make people better at what they're doing. Like, appreciate that, man. Yeah, today was today was a fun one because uh, the cover boy thing. Like, I always have to, you know, I I always like picking a player, and sometimes I'm like pretty close between a couple, and then I pick one. And I'm like, I wish I pick the other one. <laughs> and then today today was a fun one where I was like, there were a few. Um, I really liked the the game everyone else liked. There was nothing contrarian in the walkthrough about how you can't play the Houston game. Um, the Houston game looked great to me. I actually, uh, yeah, I had it. You, you, first... You're a dank Dell, and that that's what got me on Dell this week. Yep. Um, but I was glad that I ended up going with Ayuk. Like as soon as Ayuk was like, okay, he's going to have at least a good game. I was like super glad because it's always more fun if it can be a player who's not like the player everybody's going to be on that week so, so that was fun out of curiosity uh oh here's a here's a really tough question trade jt and chase for keenan allen jamar chase yeah with jake browning's now under under center so that i assume this is redraft yeah i think it is all redraft i wouldn't do any of this for hmm. dynasty right i mean I, it can't be for dynasty yeah so no it's a no for yeah. dynasty uh man i'm not in the, like basically any redraft leagues where i can trade yeah, mm. but I yeah, redraft. Would, he says. I think I would do that. Would you guys do that? I, Man, I, think it, I think it depends on your on your running back situation, right? Because like we all build teams similarly to where, to where, um, yeah, I probably wouldn't because you get you kind of like losing. It's, it's a running back that you're losing here, and like he's gonna basically get trading Chase like he's a throw in, which you just shouldn't do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't do that. It's so, also you're moving. Two kind of valuable guys and consolidating that into one guy who's but it should playing be higher now. than Keenan. I know right. Keenan's yeah. awesome, but it should be like it should be like I, a true. It should be for like 
I mean, you I can't just, get McCaffrey doing that, but yeah, you right. know, yeah. But could you get like some some form of like <clears throat> like Brees plus Ayuk or some shit like that? Well, go to right? the AJ Brown, go to the AJ Brown guy yeah. and see if guy you can get Brown that. plus a little like a little bring back sweetener thing. Yeah, because I think I'd rather I'd rather just have Brown and then maybe you can get like some other little piece that you like. Like so how about this? How about this? Uh, I mean, we, we're not going to talk about it much, but the borrow to Jake Browning is just, man, what, what, like that, like in your perspective from a basketball, from a basketball standpoint, like our Cincinnati team, like our Cincinnati roster is just completely DOA now. Like, like, like if it wasn't yes. for T Higgins <laughs> just being an absolute black hole, right? Like, like yeah. what, like what's going on here? Even more Joe Mixon. I don't know. I mean, I- it is tough because like Browning came in and looked terrible. Um, and we're like the get, we get the gut punch that burrows out. Um, and so it's hard not to be really pessimistic, but you know, Dorian Thompson Robinson like looked pretty good today. Um, even though he looked terrible when he came in, um, Aiden O'Connell's been yeah, Aiden O'Connell. kind of okay. Even though remember the first time I saw Aiden O'Connell, he was like horrible coming yeah. in for Jimmy Garoppolo and then they end up going uh do I have that right? Did, I can't remember. They did but, start Warrior first, one game. They first started Warrior one game. Yeah, yeah. That's what I was about to say. But um it, it's helpful to get a full week of practice. So oh he has AJ Brown. <laughs> <laughs> oh he has AJ Brown. Right, good for you man. <laughs> the issue um, the issue there is like losing I think JT is I think JT for Keenan is a fairly viable split. I, I don't. I don't like the idea of treating Chase like a throw-in. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's. He like said. The he issue. said, "What about Waddle and Chase for Keenan?" Sure. I mean, that wouldn't. That actually is pretty good. As as someone who drafted, who has been drafting Waddle fairly high, this is a this is a this is an ADP take. I wanted to get your take on, like with, like the guys who were going as a wide receiver twos in the second round, right? Like Higgins, Waddle, Devonta Smith. Do you where do you think they go next year? And do you think they just sort of replaced by guys like Pukanakua, Tank Dell? Like, what do you think happens here? And like, is there like like what is the big lesson to take away here? I guess is is like what would you rather have like like an RB in the like instead of taking a wide receiver two on these perceived offenses? Like, what are you doing with this going forward? So yeah, I think that they will probably fall like Devontae Smith will probably fall into the fifth-ish rounds, fourth, fifth, sixth kind of range. Um, and we'll probably see, like, you know, where you're like, man, I really need another wide receiver here. And it's like, well, I think Devontae Smith, he's on the Eagles. That's pretty good. Um, I could talk myself back into this. Kind of how much, how strong he closes the season is like, are you talking yourself into him in the sixth round or the fourth round? I don't think he'll fall to the seventh. But like Gabe, Gabe Davis would we got back into the sixth. Like if Gabe Davis was back into the sixth, like I think Devontae Smith would probably be in the fifth. Um, so yeah, I think he'll be there. I think Higgins will probably be be he'll, he might be a bit higher than that because we're maybe the fourth. We, we generally I think we're less concerned about the season as as far as it reflects on his talent. It's been more like an injury situation. Um, still has that like spike week upside. Uh, and then Waddle. I don't know. I mean, Waddle's tough. Waddle, I think, may be able to close the season strong enough to where he could be. He could still kind of be like a, a three-four turn guy. 
Maybe he goes there, maybe mid third. Mm, yeah. Um, oh God, I, I wonder if again at that price. <laughs> yeah. What do you guys think? What, what, are you taking the over under on those prices? I think, uh, I, I on, on my perspective, like from what from what we know sitting here today, I think you're spot on, man. Like, 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 how late? Do you, like, just just taking Waddle as a microcosm. How far do you want any of these guys really to go? Because they're all on such elite offenses that, right. like, you really – it's not even about contingency upside. It's the fact that the pie, the scoring pie is so big that you want a piece of it. Right. Like, like the old, like, like, like today with Waddle, like, with, with Hill out, like, we saw three straight targets to him. He caught them all for, like, his, what, 52 yards or something. Like, you know, like, like – and that's just one of them, right? Like, like, like with – Higgins out, like Chase is crushed, right? And the rest of the offense with with Burrow under center also does really well. Like like Tanner Hudson was a thing, right? Like like like, like you know like Trenton Irwin, like all these like late round dart throws show up with like Burrow under center as like viable like dart candidates in your in your basketball portfolio. Boyd also was like a bit of a smash. He was almost under. It's, he's like he's kind of categorically undervalued. Uh, without, without, uh, uh, with where T. Higgins was going, T. Higgins has been a disappointment. And with, and with Devonta Smith, like Devonta Smith without without Godard is nuts. Yeah, I mean, I think I think that there could be a narrative that we can't be drafting wide receiver twos, you know, going forward. I don't, but I don't know. I mean, maybe that'll hurt Jordan Addison. Maybe Jordan Addison ends up being really cheap next year because mm-hmm. don't you know? You can't take the wide receiver two on a team because the other guy will just eat everything. Maybe that'll hurt Puka. Maybe Puka actually goes later because Cup. Um, although probably not, because people will say, "Well, Puka's going to take the take the job over in a second year." But um, yeah, I mean, I, gen- I generally think like if you're taking guys in the second round, you would prefer them to be candidates to like break out. Like 2022 second year wide receivers or 2021s were more fun. Because those guys were like, what, like C.D. Lamb and Justin Jefferson yeah. and stuff in 2021, and right, right, yeah. So that's what you want. You want guys who are like breakout candidates to take over there. I mean, Chris Olave would have been kind of, a, even though it wasn't the best situation, and he's not really doing it. That's like more the typical guy we would prefer to be taking in the that late second round range. So I right. suspect that that archetype finds their way there and then some of these kind of number twos on their own team because i mean that's essentially what like Devontae smith is like a failed one one a bet right it's like you're you're kind of hoping he's like actually you know there's all the stuff of like actually if you take away week one of last year like uh, of 2022 then he's even with uh aj brown and targets this dude's just as good as aj brown and then this year has been a reminder that like he is not but (laughs) Dude, you know, how many people are, yeah. 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 So two years ago. Oh, sorry. No, it's just kind of interesting thinking about how, you know, what the narrative was going into this offseason, where you get these guys who are wide receiver twos on the same team as guys going in the first round, and still we're okay taking them in the second round. And um, what's different about this year? Like, are we seeing a lot less uh yeah, I don't know. Fewer teams that that can support two alpha wide receivers in this season, and is that something we expect to stick, or am I uh, looking for? Well, I mean, we, if you just look at this, the the specific situations, right? 
Mm-hmm. We have um, we have T who's been kind of banged up, and then Burrow was banged up, and I think he might have been fine. Like I think T Higgins might have been like a fine yeah. pick, yeah. and we just never got the payoff on it. But I don't feel like he almost like shouldn't be a part of this narrative. But then when you look at Jalen Waddle and and Devontae Smith, like those two were like very clearly overdrafted relative when you think of it through the lens of like how close in talent they are to their teammate. And some of it was some of that information we we are getting this year of like, you know, AJ Brown versus Devontae Smith is like not nearly as close as it was made out to be. I think there was some evidence of that entering the year, but even I didn't feel as strong as I do now about the talent discrepancy there. But like, when you have a wide receiver who's dominating targets as thoroughly as AJ Brown is, then there, there is no such thing as a one B in that team. Like there is no, there's like barely a, a two, like he's taken away so much of the pie that is unexpected. Like I, I liked AJ Brown. I took a lot of AJ Brown. Yeah. I had him over, uh, over digs in my ranks for, for most of the summer. I didn't think this would happen. This mm-hmm. is like, this is awesome for AJ Brown. Like it's like kind of like, this feels like 98th, percentile type stuff like this is, yeah. this is sweet but um you know it's tough because if yeah if this type of outcome happens and you're betting on the 1b side you're gonna get crushed Tyreek is the same thing where we it was more um predictable with Tyreek because he's basically just in the same role he was last year but I thought maybe this year things would sort of swing a little bit more towards Waddle and if anything they've kind of swung even yeah, more toward right. Tyreek which it seems yeah. impossible so, yeah. Yeah, I mean, what's so interesting... And the running backs. Yeah, that's for the running backs. backs. With the, I mean, yeah, with the Dolphins, you did have, like, a glimpse last year of healthy to uh, both Waddle and Hill just crushing it and being, you know, worth their, you know, that, those picks, even if they both stay healthy. Um, you're just making a bet on the Dolphins' offense. And... Even though the offense has been good, it's been run in, uh, I guess, a different way than we expected. So yeah, they're not they're not airing it out as much as you think they would be for the kind of points that Tyreek is putting up, right? Like, yeah, just, Tyreek just, just, just everything. Yeah, he's just like he's like he, like he's just hyper efficient, right? Like 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 Waddle had eight targets, four catches, fifty five yards, respectable line, right? Tyreek had like 11 targets, 10, 10 catches, 146 yards in a score. Like that's nuts. And then the rest of the like, the rest of the 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 offense is like Robbie Chosen, two targets. Salvon Ahmed, three targets. Cedric Wilson, four targets. Right? Like they all the the leeches are taking it away. And like like it goes back to your point about talent discrepancy. Like like Hill on like a handful more targets is so much more productive and so much more efficient than his like his running mate that like it doesn't make sense. For them to bump up Waddle's workload. No, it doesn't. There's no reason that they should be. Yeah. And I think maybe some of this is like based on the way defenses are are trying to take away stuff. And you almost kind of have to like these Shanahan offenses in particular are kind of like scheming things like maybe even more, you know, like especially Mike McDaniel with the Waddle motion stuff. And yeah. Um, but also just like Waddle or sorry, uh the, the Tyreek Hill motion stuff, not Waddle, which is the whole point. Um I, John, I think it was John Boyce had a tweet where he's like, Tyreek Hill is the world's slowest teleporter. Like, you can actually yeah. see him. <laughs> you can see him teleporting, but like, work on that, dude. But it is, he does actually look like he teleports. Like, when, when you watch the game, like, he's 
in the middle of the field so fast. Like, how did he get there? So that's like not a with with scoring down in the NFL and with defenses like being way sharper in turn. We we had Robert Mays on ship chasing, uh, and he was just yeah. like talking about. I just thought it was super interesting. I was kind of underlying, uh, underlining like the fact that defenses are really focused on taking away the easy buttons. And they're like doing stuff where like, you know, a running backs lined up out wide and the guy follows him out there. And so it's man coverage, but then it's not, you know, or they're like mm. they'll, the defense gets a signal and they're looking like basically they understand what the offense is doing and they, the defenders then will switch their responsibility. So they so they kind of have the the ability to react to what the offense is doing in the same way the offense reacts to what the defense is doing. And so the offense, all the pre-snap stuff where you can figure out, you know, like Jared Goff used to with McVay in his ear, like exactly what's going to happen as soon as falls. They've done an incredible job of taking all that stuff away. And so if you have something that's working, you probably do just want to keep hammering it. And I, I think that maybe maybe that's like a one of the things that we're like kind of gonna see more of in the next year or two before before defenses get sick of that and try to take it away mm. but um if you've got because the other thing about this too is like these are special 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 players aj brown i've always i've always thought is one of the best wide receivers in the nfl and like one of the things where i'm like i don't care if he's like oh what he should be the 201 and i'm taking him at the 107 like i don't care you can't make me care like he's i think he's awesome i think he's i think he's as talented as any of the other wide receivers are talking about. So yeah, I, I'm, I, I'm, I'm sorry that I'm taking a guy who's like team's not going to pass enough, but like if they do pass enough or if he sees an uptick in target share, like I'll, I'll have no trouble getting there because he's super talented. And this offense, by the way, is also going to score a ton of points. So, you know, I think maybe um, I, I think it's always like big, a big edge to, to be talent focused and maybe that'll be, even more important going forward, especially at the high end, like making sure we're yeah. nailing who the, who the true like elites are, because those elites are much more likely to see an offense just run through them. Like Tyreek and AJ Brown are right now. Right. Yeah. Uh, well, we've heard today that the next year's draft is going to be five running backs to start. And we're returning to a 35% <laughs> wide receiver one that. target share back it's, to the good old days. It's 2005 again. <laughs> i can't wait zero rb is gonna be uh so so amazing um yeah anyone else we need to touch on before we call it a night no anything else not, interesting not happened not Let's i just want to i just want to thank that once again for his time man oh yeah. we're waiting for all the a lot there's a lot of injury news that we just don't have waiting for injury news waiting for the for the chiefs and Eagles to play to see if we can yeah. get one more win in this in this uh, main event, but also I yeah, feel good. I get feel good. We have Rasheed Rice. Game. Where do you got? Where do you think Rasheed Rice goes? Which is also asking how he, you think he does the rest of the year. Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, it seems like he's gonna be the wide receiver one for Patrick the Chiefs next year. Yeah, for Patrick Mahomes. I mean, uh, like Jeff even Kelsey's if he, getting up there. Even if he does almost nothing, you can you can kind of just make a case for like fourth round based on pure hope. That was I was I was thinking he, he was probably like um like a seventh round like a mid seventh guy. Yeah, just because I feel like we're not going to get that lucky. We're not going to get that. The market will <laughs> let us have that. 
I think I think I think the big issue with with Rasheed Rice is the question is do the Chiefs take another receiver or not? Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they almost have to, but they kind of have to. I mean, like they've got such a such a. I mean, it's it's not it's not even like it's not even bad, dude. Like it's like somehow worse than what you think it is in your head, right? Like it's 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 Justin Watson, Sky Moore, Marquez Valdez Cantling, like like. These guys are only good because of Patrick Mahomes. Like, there's no, there's no case for these guys on pure talent alone. You know what I mean? Yeah, mm. I, I would say I think Rasheed Rice is going to be. Now, obviously, this is all super speculative. We need to see how he finishes the year, but I, I think Rasheed Rice, when drafts open, is someone that I'm going to be targeting really aggressively. Yeah, yeah. Because so right now he has 2.28 yards per route run. Um, he's only run 166 routes, but like if he keeps that up, even if he falls off, like let's say he finishes at like 2.0 yards per route run, so he falls off a bit, but it's still like very efficient, right? I just wouldn't be shocked if he was like a third round pick by the end of it all. He won't start there by the end of the offseason, yeah, by the end of the offseason, because he is one of those guys where it's like, who is gonna say no, like who's gonna (laughs) step up and like. The like we can't draft Rasheed Rice. It's just going to be a bunch of people all saying yes earlier for months, <laughs> yeah. and then finally, and it's, it'll be Rotopat who eventually is like, "What are we doing with Rasheed Rice in the third round?" <laughs> but by then, it'll be too late. Rotopat won't be able to stand up and and change it. It'll be, yeah. <laughs> the hype train will be out of control at that point. It'll be it'll be too late. But yeah, yeah I, I think he's like one of those guys where. If you're if you're think if you think like late fifth round Rasheed Rice is a little nutty, like just wait. It could get a lot more expensive than that. Oh man. Uh yeah. Well, on that note, I guess we call it a night because I don't have anything to say. <laughs> I mean, there's there's, there's a really nutty. disgusting there's a really disgusting question in the chat, which is QJ or Tony rest of career. And I've already <laughs> I've already I've already warned that poster that I have res- reported their their uh, post for abusive and harmful content. <laughs> you, you blocked them, and I am I don't have the ability to block. But I'm hoping one of the <laughs> one of the Google Google guys will look at this and say, "Oh my goodness, we need to send a send a help help team, or they'll send a SWAT team to his house, one or the other." I can put him in a timeout. I mean, you want to talk yeah. about yards per route run? Like, I'm gonna I'm gonna pull up. I think this will include today too. Oh God, no! Did, I mean, it was I I don't know it to be whether to be encouraged by the fact that QJ finally had six targets or. Are you asking if you should be encouraged that he got open deep and the ball bounced off of him like in the saddest way possible? That was, is that your silver lining for us? I don't know. I'm, was... I'm looking for something. I need something. Uh, I think, has, I think uh, 0.70 yards per hour on this. Season. Oh, boy. Yeah. I think QJ will be, God, I think it'll be like a 12th round pick. Yeah, I think you're right. Because that's where you're just like, he's on the Chargers, dude. Right, yeah, that's okay. like trailing. He drafted him in the first round, man. Territory, like he didn't do what we hoped, but we still kind of are believers. Although, I'm losing faith in Quentin Johnson way faster than I did in Burks or even like Nikhil Harry. I still Harry. have faith in Burks. You can't make me lose yeah, faith, right? Um, yeah, Nikhil Harry's another good. One. That that is the path we're on. It does yeah. feel very Nikhil Harry esque. I mean, this is yeah. not what what I would say for Quentin Johnston is 
you don't come back. If this is what we get for the rest of the year, you don't come back from this in one year. Mm. No, this is like a, it's not, I'm not going to say like he's done because he had a bad rookie season, but I would be surprised if he had a breakout second season. It's the yeah. kind of thing where you're like, you, you need him almost to like have a promising second season in the same way you would have a promising rookie season that then you build on. Yeah. Now we could have, now, kind of like Bateman, although this is this is supposed to be the breakout year, we're not and we're not getting it. But like last year, <laughs> he was efficient. He, it's, you know, injury curtailed season. But that was the season where I was like, okay, hang on, he was actually really efficient when he was out there. That's good. I'm excited now. I'm ready to get hurt again. <laughs> that's what I. That's what I think we need with QJ. Kind of like yeah, Devonte Parker, maybe. God, yeah. Man. Yeah. That's right. He could be a Devonte Parker guy. Give us one good season. Ryan Fitzpatrick comes out of retirement. Yeah. So it's, it's a blast. There we go. Yeah. All right. That's the place to end it. Woo! Thank you so much for joining, Pat. This was a blast. Um, Thank you for all your time, man. We really appreciate it. Yeah. No, this is a lot of fun, guys. I, I enjoy this. And um, thank you, everyone, for tuning in. Remember to like and subscribe and uh, check out Pat's work at Legendary Upside or on Ship Chasing. He's got must read content over there. Um, Remember to actually get those bets in and not just plan them. And uh, (laughs) Uh. (laughs) and then we'll uh, talk to you next week.